Jordan, open. Chicago with the lead. Bryant to shot. Not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. LeBron James with no record for human life. And he's going to G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys NBA podcast. I'm here as always with my good friend Callum Mack. How you doing, mate? Pretty good, Money Mitch. We are here. Let's do another pod, hey? We're we're doing another pod. It's it's a pretty exciting one. I've been I'm pretty keen to do this one today because we're we're talking playoffs. Lots of playoff talk, uh, both NBA real life and, and fantasy, which we're going to do in the second half. We're going to do a bit of a bit of a deep dive into the fantasy playoff schedule, streaming targets, and all that sort of stuff. But um, but first, we're going to touch on the real stuff, the stuff that you know all the players getting paid millions of dollars to try and get to. Um, but yeah, so lots, lots to dive right into. So let's let's get stuck straight into it. Um, we are going to start looking at the playoffs. We're, we're only about a third of the NBA season away, about roughly 20 games for each team away from the playoffs. So we're getting getting close. Um, so uh, we want to look at who are the legitimate contenders, who are the sort of dark horses, and who are the ones I'm, I'm calling them the pretenders at the moment, the the ones who are going to make the playoffs but not really makes up much noise. I'll throw it to you, Cal. Uh, let's start in each conference. Let's maybe look at the East first. It's a bit more clear cut over there. Um, who are the legit contenders coming out of the East, in your opinion? Um, I think that there's obviously the clear four, right? You've got the top four in the Philly Sixers. Um, the 76ers have been playing well all season yep um, the Nets as well obviously were their big three um, arguably big five so many all-star appearances yeah a few buyouts um, ex- <laughs> and then you, you can't discount Giannis maybe you can put it together the Greek freak yeah they keep throwing the wall at him um, but you got Drew Holiday out there now too balling yeah. um, he's been playing actually really well recently yes. too yes so those those barks aren't going anywhere um, and then the Miami Heat I think are also worth the defending champs in the in the East. They deserve a bit of a shout out as well. Otherwise, it's a bit of a drop off. These guys are legitimate contenders. Every, everyone else, question marks. Yeah, look, I'm 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 surprised. Well, I guess I'm not surprised, but I would have said there's a big three in the East. Uh, with um, I, I've got one of those teams, I guess, in the next category. But yeah, I agree. Like the Philadelphia 76ers, the Brooklyn Nets, and Milwaukee. Uh, my big three over in the East. I think they're all legitimate contenders to not only win the East, but to win the whole thing. Um, I really like what Philly's got going on at the moment in terms of the way they can match up against all those top teams. Uh, I think they've got the pieces there. The coaching from Doc Rivers has done really well this season. Uh, if they can stay healthy, which is a big thing for them, um, I like what they can do. Couple of injury concerns over Brooklyn with James Harden, and you know uh, Kevin Durant should be coming back tonight by the time this podcast goes out, um, which is a good sign. Um, but yeah, you know, a couple of soft tissue injuries that could linger on. I think they'll be fine, but, but a few things to flag. Um, obviously, defense is one of their main concerns. Uh, how well they'll be able to stop teams in the playoffs, we'll see. But I think obviously they're. One of the favorites in the entire league. And then Morgan Bucks, like you said, I think Drew Holiday coming to this team from last year is the big difference, obviously. Uh, you know, you look at what he's doing compared to what Bledsoe's doing this season. You know, it's a completely different player. Um, and I think it will be enough for them to look differently than what they had the last couple of years, where they've sort of run into, you know, like you said, the walls that they put up against uh, Giannis to, to lock them down. So I am interested to see how they go in matchups and, and who they will match up in sort of that second and potentially third round, uh, assuming they get out of the first round, which they shouldn't really have too much trouble. Um, who do you... Hey, can I can I flick a question at you, actually? Yeah, hit me. That we're talking about the Bucks. Obviously, Miami ran through them last season. Ran, um, yeah, they did. If, if, they, yeah. if they played right now in a, in a series... Obviously, Miami match up well. Who, who, who would you pick in, in that right now? Look, right now, I'd pick I'd pick the Bucks. I think, I don't know, I think there's experience in that matchup from last year. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just looking at the standings and I'm, I'm seeing the record. 
I know I know last year the Miami had their number, but they, they were so well oiled in the bubble last year. I think that they were just so much so much more prepared than any other team with that time off. Uh, and the, the heat culture, which we there's a there's a hashtag heat culture on the podcast. Uh, first one for the day. But uh, I think that heat culture is gonna be was like played a huge advantage with that time off. Um, and they were able to get right into it early in the playoffs there. So I think this season they're at less of an advantage than than last year. So uh, I would give the edge to the Bucks. Although the way it sort of stands, um, if we predict the Miami Heat going to get to the four seed, it's probably unlikely they they meet um, unless it's sort of in the in the conference finals. Um, the way that it sort of works out. So. Well, there's still enough games for that to th- those top three to shuffle around a bit true. between the Nets, Sixers, yeah. and Bucks. So that 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 they, they all are pretty close. Yeah, that's true. With the amount of games left, so I think obviously those top that they locks for top three. Yeah, the order. Um, and 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 look, even Miami, like you don't know where they're going to end up right yeah. now. They they could be the four, five, six, seven. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think yeah, like I said, I think those top three are locked in. The order is a question mark, but they're yeah. going to be the number one, two, and three in whichever order. And then that fourth seed is up for grabs. But yeah, I think you and I both said the, the Heat are probably our favorites to get there. And I think that they will. Um, but uh, let's go out on a prediction on a limb right now. Who do you think makes it out of the East from this list? I'd have to go to the Nets. They're, they're, yep. The Nets are killing it. I think yeah. that it's too lethal offensively. And um, they, they've, I mean, look, they brought in some new players as well. You can come with the bench. Like, well, Marcus is playing a bit of defense now, mm. um, defending the the paint pretty well um and even blake griffin he's, he's he's always had a really good smart kind of you know basketball iq and he's really using that to his advantage and um even he's not weighing the team down on, on that end so um, yeah it's got to be the nets for me I, like maybe philly just because i don't know who really is going to guard joel and beat in that series against the nets but on the yeah. other hand it's like i think those nets are going to put up so many so much points anyway yeah I, it probably won't be enough regardless is kind of my perspective right now. Yeah, look, uh, I think it's fascinating because it's 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 really hard right now to predict without seeing the matchups and without seeing how it's going to go. For example, I might pick Philly over Brooklyn if they met each other, but I might pick Milwaukee over Philadelphia if that makes sense, and then I would pick Brooklyn over Milwaukee. If, so it's sort of like this this matchup jungle sort of going on right now, puzzle piece. At the moment, I'm flipping between Philadelphia and Brooklyn. Um, I just I just like the defensive side of things that Philadelphia can do to Brooklyn, and I don't think that Philadelphia are going to have as much trouble to score against a team like Brooklyn um, if they were to come up against each other. So right now I'm going to say Philadelphia uh, hesitantly is is my pick right now, um, but they're looking good, especially with Embiid back. Um, yeah, I think they're looking looking really solid. They've been ahead the entire. The entire time, so uh, I, I like Philadelphia right now. Let's uh, let's talk about the dark horses in the Eastern Conference. Who now? I'll, I'll say it right now. My dark horse of the Eastern Conference, and I really only got one, is uh, the Miami Heat. Um, look, I'm tempted to say Boston, but I don't know. I, I'm not feeling it right now. I think there is a world where Boston can have an upset, but at the moment, I'm not seeing it. Um, so really, Miami is the only one that I, I can lump into that category because I think it's a really a, a three-horse race at this point. But Miami has some upset potential. Yeah, I think I, I view Miami on the same tier as those other yeah, three teams. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, well, well, actually, that's not true. I feel like Philly and the Nets, I think, are right. tier one. Yeah. And then I put Bucks and Heat in kind of like the tier two just because I think the Heat can beat the Bucks in a series. So yeah, I, fair enough. i got to put them on the same level then. Um, and outside of that, I think it's a huge fall-off. So I, yeah. I, even though these guys could be sleepers, I don't see any of them going through. I mean, they really have to go through two of those teams. Yeah. Um, so I think that's pretty unlikely. But if I would say one, I guess I'd I'd say the Pacers, if they can put it together. Yeah, But okay. I mean, they're, they're pretty, I don't know, like Karis LeVert's coming to this team and he's just kind of firing up a lot of shots. I think the chemistry is just a bit off. Yeah. So if, if they can make it work, because Karis is really talented. Brogdon's playing well. Sabonis is having a like, career year. If they can make it work with Karras and fit him in a bit better than they had been in like the build-up right now, the last yeah. leg of the season to get that chemistry, then maybe. But um, I don't think it's likely. 
let me let me put a scenario out there for you. Um, the Chicago Bulls start a red hot streak right now and just smash out, and they win fifteen of the next twenty games. Um, they get that fourth seed. They they, 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 down they get the fourth seed. <laughs> Vucevic is playing like crazy. Like oh, we've he got play, a, he killed it today. He did really really well today. Um, you know, we, I I think that's like how likely of a scenario is that? Uh, that did cross my mind. Yeah, I, I can't like. There's a lot of talent, especially offensively, on that team. Yeah. So in a playoff series, I mean, look, Vuce is a he's still a walking bucket. He, yeah. He they, just whenever he shoots it, you think it's going in. And yeah. Zach Levine is like a legitimate closer. Um, he I feel like late game he can get whatever shot he really wants. And he attacks the rim. He can get to the, uh, the free throw line as well. So I think it's a good pick. I do think it's a good pick. They, um, they're they deep as well. That's, yeah. that's another thing. They are yeah. a very deep team right now with Markinen coming off the bench. Yep. Kobe White um, coming off the bench. Kobe White as well. I think so. he slots into the sixth-man role I like very him. well. Much better there. like a scorer. If he could... In a playoff series, I could see him winning a game. If he could like, chop like 25 yeah. points or something off the bench, that, that'd be huge. It's a big lift. So they, that's a good good pickup. They, they do have like heat check and like those random guys that I feel like can win a game. Like a, you know, like a Tyler Hero last year that comes in and scores 36 points. Like I could totally could see Kobe White. Kobe White doing that. Um, look, I think it's a far-fetched position. I don't, I'm not comparing the Chicago Bulls to the Miami Heat last year. Um, but, you know... Of those teams down the bottom there, I think they've probably got the highest upset potential. Uh, but I'm, I'm not, I don't think that's going to happen anyway. All right, let's go on to, so obviously the pretenders. Um, I'm calling player teams like Atlanta, Charlotte, New York, um, and, and by extension as well, the Indiana Pacers. I don't think that they're contending at all. Um, I just don't think that they have the lists and the, the sort of um, squads to sort of contend with these guys, the talent or or anything like that. I just I just don't see it happening. Uh, nice to see some of them in there, like the the Hawks and and the Knicks in there. You know, good for them. Great season, but I, I don't think they're going to get out of the first round. Yeah, I think the biggest one for me, I think it's going to be the Hawks. I just don't trust them. Don't trust Trey Young until no. I see it for like yeah. a full season, which we haven't seen yet. I mean, he's been playing pretty well. I guess they're above five hundred now for three quarters of the season so that, that's something at least but um i just think that team i guess clint capella is their second best player at this point yeah i'd say so um, i don't yeah. know how how far that's going to take you yeah I, I think the hornets are worth a shout out they're fifth but they're going to start the fall yeah with, with hayward injured. yeah with hayward gone Lamelo gone now it's yeah, yeah it's not looking good and for them malik monk is um, yeah that's just got an injury now too yeah. so the, i think those guys they're going to be out um they might even fall away like to the 10 or something just yeah. make a play in tournament but yeah. I feel a bit bad for them because um, they're above 500 right now, but yeah. I think the losing streak will begin. Yeah, Knicks, I think they're pretenders. Sorry to you, but Celtics, pretenders in my eyes. Yeah, and nah. um, Probably the Pacers as well, <laughs> even though they're a nice <laughs> sneaky dark horse. Yeah. I'm not putting, I'm not putting money on it. <laughs> Look, of, of all these teams, Boston Celtics have two all-stars. Um, they're just, they're just, they're not playing with an identity at the moment. Like, but it still wouldn't shock me if they started to put it together, made a run, made it up to, I don't know, like the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. And then you'd have like a, a Miami Heat-Boston Celtics rematch in, in the playoffs, uh, which I, you know, there's a world where I see the Boston Celtics winning that and going on to verse the, the first seeded team um, and, and, and putting up a good fight. Uh, I don't see it going any further than that. I think that's sort of, where Boston is probably projecting, but yeah, it's just the talents there on that team, but it's just not happening thus far. Um, so that's why I say that it, it wouldn't shock me if they were to sort of put it together because they, they do have the talent there and they haven't been healthy this season with COVID and things like that. We've had a lot of, a lot of guys miss a lot of time. Marcus Smart, Tatum, um, Campbell Walker had surgery at the start of the season. So he was out. So I don't know if this record truly reflects the talent on this team, although I think it, probably reflects them more than what they were last year, uh, if that makes any sense, where they were two games away from making the NBA Finals. I don't think that they're at that level the way they were last year. Yeah, uh, cheeky shout-out to Evan Fournier as well. Like, he should help you. So that's yeah, a bit of a boost. yeah, he should should do something, hopefully. <laughs> they're shooting better recently. Let's move on to the Western Conference because I think this is really fascinating over here um, because I, I really want to know where our legit 
contenders are in this conference because I don't know these standings just I don't know that they, they seem all over the shop. Um, let me know who, who who do you think is a legit contender in the West? I only really have the three legit contenders. Interesting. So I've got I've got Utah Jazz. I can't disrespect them this because yeah they've been winning a lot of games and yeah. um, doing it pretty well and and even last um, they went they went to game seven against Denver. And people always kind of forget that. Yeah, look, they were up 3-1. But they didn't have... I think Mike Conley missed a game. And, and on top of that, they were also missing um, Bagdanovich for the whole series. Like, mm. he didn't even... I don't think he even came to the bubble. He definitely wasn't in that playoff series. And, and yeah. he's a good piece. He's a guy who can give you 18 points pretty consistently. Yeah. And now they have that piece. Um, and now the chemistry is as high as it ever can be. Conley's finally integrated really well. It's a great team. Yeah. So, no, uh, Utah. Yeah, definitely Utah. And uh, obviously, the Lakers... The Lakers are the Lakers if they're healthy. If they're healthy, um, I think it's the they big... should still be the favorites, really, if, it, if they're healthy. Like, yeah. Let's let's face it. And um, and my third one is, is actually the Clippers. Yeah. Just because um, I actually really like them picking up Rondo. I think I think Rondo could actually be a good player for them in in the playoffs. Obviously, playoff yes. Rondo. Playoff Rondo. It's a real thing. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I agree with two of those. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in another couple of players in uh, another couple of teams in there. Um, the team I disagree on, and as as blasphemous as this sounds, is the Utah Jazz. I, I don't know. I don't think that they're a legit contender. I, I'm still not sold. I know they have the best record in the NBA. I know this. I, I'm not I'm not stupid. I can see that. Uh, but I just I feel like this season of all seasons, the records are not as reflective as they can be in terms of um, we've had lots of players missing due to injury and COVID tests. I feel like the two teams that have been the most unscathed and the most uh, lucky really have been the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns. They've completely gone through this whole season unscathed, had their team together for the most part for the entire season. Um, They've been able to build that chemistry. They've been able to sort of um, get good flow, good rhythm, um, and yes, they're a good team and they're probably going to make the second round at least. Um, but outside of that, I don't know. I, I just I like a lot of these other teams better when it comes down to it, assuming health, assuming everyone's healthy, which at this point I think we, we can safely do that. I think LeBron will be back. Anthony Davis will be back. Um, you know, the Clippers are looking pretty healthy. So I would agree that Clippers and the Lakers are, are legit contenders. I'm also going to throw out there the Denver Nuggets as a legit contender. We know how close they got last year. They look better this year. Jokic, I think, is still the front runner for the MVP. And I also want to throw out there the Portland Trailblazers. What are your thoughts on Portland? They, they're sitting in the sixth seed right now, and in terms of being unlucky, they have been extremely unlucky with injuries, and yet they still have a great record. They've got an MVP contender in Damian Lillard. Nurkic is coming back. McCullum is coming back. They've added Powell, who I think is the underrated trade. Um, I, I do like the Portland Trailblazers. I think they're legit contenders. Okay, I'll firstly say I, I do agree on the Nuggets just because um, Jokic yes. is a beast. Yes. And um, he is the man. He's playing like an MVP. And all you need is Jamal to just turn into bubble Jamal again, which he has kind of been doing over the past month or so. He's been killing it. Yeah. So, and, and on top of that, you have the, the case for um, they obviously brought in Aaron Gordon, who's yeah. now defensive minded. He, he's a great guy to put it on, Le, like, on LeBron James. He's yeah, he's another body, athletic, athletic body. Enough. Yep. Exactly, and a guy could you could play him on on Kawhi or, mm-hmm. or players like that. Guys who are usually pretty physical, but Aaron Gordon could hold his hold his own. Mm-hmm. I think reasonably well if he's switched on. And, and so, that's what they were missing. Like they were missing those kind of players. Like you know that whole of Jeremy Grant. You know was it was a fairly significant one on the defensive side of things. So sorry, go on. So so Nuggets, I definitely do think deserve a shout out. They were yep. probably just the tier below. I almost crept them in to my my contenders, um, yep. but they were just they, they were the next in line, hundred um, percent. The Blazers, I'm not completely sold on. Yeah, I'm not completely fair enough. Sold fair on. enough. I think they were. Um, I'm, I've been pushing them a little bit recently. Uh, what 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 gives you hesitation there? I mean, their their team hasn't been fully healthy all season, and they're still doing really well. I mean, CJ missed, missed a lot of time. I actually love what CJ's done this season. Now that he's like firing up as many mm. threes as Steph Curry is and mm. hitting them at, you know, about 40%. Yeah, so me too. That, that, that's good to see. It's obviously very efficient. You still have Dame, who's taken a lot more of those long balls, which are pretty unguardable. Um, but yeah, look, Nurk has been out of the lineup a fair bit. And I guess what they got Covington, who's, I guess, their, their big wing player. 
I don't think Covington is a great defender on like LeBron James, for example. So oh, I might LeBron disagree James, with you there. Really? Yeah, he's he's long and he's you know I think strength is an overrated thing when it comes to defense because all you've got to do is get in front, take a charge, and you know it's it's not about being strong. I don't think. I think it's the length that's going to be very important and just that. Um, lateral movement speed, which I think is, is is something that he has. He's a good shot blocker. He's a good good hands. So I, I think he's I think he's fine to throw at someone like LeBron. I've always thought he's like a good help defender. I'm not too sure one on one if he is that fair, guy. Fair enough. Good point. Yeah, he's but, probably not but, a, a lockdown clamper per se. Yeah, but if they matched up, he would ha- he would have to be. He'd have yeah. to be the guy who, who takes LeBron. So that would yeah. be interesting to see how he actually holds LeBron so obviously LeBron's going to be LeBron mm. James but mm. um, you, you can always tell from like the you know back at the Golden State series when Iggy won the uh, MVP you, you can always appreciate someone when they're defending they're, they're making LeBron work as, as much yeah. as possible yeah yeah oh, no, I, yeah. I think I think they're probably of the, um, the the four I mentioned they're probably the ones I'm least confident in but I just the reason I have so much faith in them and I, I believe in them is because of the fact like you said they haven't been healthy and look at where they are in the standings look at their record they're 30 and 20 600 team um you know and they're just getting back their second and third best player um and, and i just i feel as though they've got a complete five man starting lineup they've got players coming off the bench and you know in this canter and you know camillo anthony's a sort of spark, spark plug there so they, they they go seven or eight deep um with solid players uh, which is what you need for the playoffs. It doesn't really matter outside of that. Uh, and I think their starting five is up there with, with any in the league, really, uh, in terms of like firepower and um, shooting, which we know is very important, versatility. Um, so I, I do like them. Let's let's go on to the dark horses. And I guess I can't really call them dark horses when they're number one and two in the, in the Western Conference. But I've got, I've got Utah and Phoenix. Um, and I'm also going to give a shout-out to um, the Dallas Mavericks there as well. You've got Luka Doncic on your team. Um, you're an upset sort of potential always so uh, those would be my three dark horses there do you have anyone else my main dark horse was um was the Mavericks yeah and and that's just because I feel like they will if if it season ended right now you've got them versus the Suns yeah that's right um, that'd be that'd be a great series I would would not be surprised at all if the Mavericks end up winning that one in like a six or seven gamer I think I would pick the Mavericks if that was the matchup right now I I, maybe I'm giving the Suns a lot of disrespect right now but um I just yeah I just (laughs) think that they have the experience obviously um I think they've got a bit more firepower yeah, exactly. And look, I'd be scared if I'm the two seed and I have to go up against Luca. I'd be pretty worried. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too happy about that myself either. Um, <laughs> so that leaves us with not a lot of pretenders. Um, I guess you know, if in the eight playoff teams that actually make it, we've only got real one pretender team in there. Um, three, if you include the play-in tournament um, teams there. So yeah, that leaves us with Memphis, the Spurs, the Warriors. And the Pelicans, who are looking like they're sort of maybe going to fade away a little bit, but um, yeah, do you have anyone else that that you want to throw in there? Do you think do you think Portland's oh, a pretender? The, the, the Kings could be in the mix as well. Yeah. I'll shout their name out yeah. there, but I think they're the, they're the clear pretenders from yeah. the Grizzlies down. Yeah. Um, I, I would have said the Blazers would be slight pretenders, but may, maybe you've you've talked me into them into being a reasonable contender now. Okay, so. okay. So they've gone from pretender to to dark horse in your book. Yeah, look, I'll give him a, I'll give him dark horse. Right. I'm disrespecting Dame too much, and, then, <laughs> and, I, and I just realized like they literally made the conference finals in the 2019 conference yeah, finals oh, two yeah. seasons ago. They, they've so, they've got like within their team, they've got a lot of players that have played together for a long time. They've got chemistry. They've got that X factor in Damian Lillard. Uh, I don't know. I just I'm loving the Blazers this year. I'm not normally a big Blazers fan, <laughs> but this year I'm just loving them. All right, let's move on to some early awards predictions. Um, this is what we think should happen, not what we think will happen. So probably not predictions, probably not the best word, but early award thoughts, let's say. Uh, I'm going to start with a pretty easy one, um, and that is Coach of the Year. Um, do you have someone different to Quinn Snyder? I, I do have Quinn Snyder as yeah. my number one. I had a, I had a dark horse there, yeah. uh, runner-up. Who's your dark horse? I've got um I've got Steve Nash. Oh, as, okay. I've actually I think he should earn some respect just because this team um has been a bunch of like I mean the chemistry would have been zero from day one. Yeah, it's all these guys thrown in the mix. Um, they add James Harden, but then once again, like sometimes 
you know, it might only be just Kyrie playing, just James. Um, Kevin Durant has been yeah. missing a whole month now. And they're still bloody, you know, contending for the number one seed. They're tied for the number one seed right now with um, Philly. So yeah. I think that um, definitely does deserve some respect. Um, it's some weird rotations. And for a first-year coach, he's done a pretty damn amazing job. Oh, definitely. Considering he's a first-year coach, I like the signing at the time. I remember thinking that that was a good signing. And I like the staff that he's put around himself as well. So I do think that Steve Nash deserves a shout-out. He's probably not in my top three, however. Um, in my top three, I probably have Snyder, Monty Williams of the Suns, and then I've also got Doc Rivers there as well, who I like what he's done. There's not been a huge change in Philadelphia in terms of personnel compared to last year where they sort of you know, limped to the sixth seed and sort of fizzled out in that first round, got swept. Uh, whereas now they've been the dominant number one seed the entire season, basically, uh, from start to finish, uh, well, I'm, uh, at least until this time of recording. So I like what he's done. He's improved Toby Harris a lot, gotten the most out of um, you know players like Embiid and, and, and those rotation players as well. So I do like what Doc Rivers has done. And obviously, Monty Williams with the Suns, no one expects him to be this high. So you just got to give that man his props, as well as Chris Paul, who's come over. So, um, but, but Quinn Snyder, give me, give me quick thoughts on, on Snyder. Is, you think he's a lock to get it? Uh, I think so, just because like, they have the best record, yeah. and no one really thought they would have been here. If they do finish with the number one record in the NBA, I think it's a pretty easy... You just have to give it to them. Because yeah. there's no real superstar. No. It's just a good team playing good basketball under yeah. a great coach. who um, It's his system, so uh, you, you have to you know get, give the respect where it's due. He's been he's been in the conversation for a few years now as well. Like He's been in and around the favorites uh, for a little while now. So I think it's finally his time. Uh, so I, I, I fully support. I think he should win, and I think he will win. So um, I'm in, in agreement there. Let's go to Rookie of the Year. Now, obviously, we heard a bit of shake-up on this award with Lamelo Ball getting injured. Um, so what are your thoughts on who, who do you think should win Rookie of the Year? Uh, well, there's three front runners, And um, I look, I just think it should be Lamelo Ball. It's, yeah. It should be. He's the man. He played 41 games, and he's going to miss 31. Yeah, That's still a good, like... 60% of the season. It's not like Joel Embiid when he only played, you know, something like 29 of 82 games. Yeah. Like, and and I think Brogdon won that year just because, and Brogdon put up like, what, 12 points a game that yeah, season? It and shit. I was just like, oh, he didn't play enough games. I think Lamelo has played enough games. And um, so, that's, that's so funny you said that. I was ready to like shock the world and say, yep, I want Lamelo <laughs> Ball to win, but you, you picked him too. <laughs> um, there it is. I, I love think, it. I think he, he deserves it. I think he's been the most exciting guy. He's putting up like 16, 6 and 6 so good yeah. to watch affecting winning basketball. Yeah. Well, one of the main stats, because obviously the other two guys are Halliburton and Anthony Edwards. Yeah. And if you look at the plus minus, um, Halliburton and Lamella Bull actually have a really good plus minus. Yeah. Like it's you know plus in the hundreds. And then Anthony Edwards, it's just like minus 200 and something. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not shot. good. <laughs> yeah, he's putting up stats, but is he, is he an actual player that helps winning? Uh, look, maybe the rookie of the year is not really about that, and it hasn't really been about that historically. But... For me, like the Mellow Ball is so far and away the best rookie in this class that I, I think it's a perfect sort of comparison you made between in Embiid's year. I was I thought that in Embiid's year he should have won it anyway, even the even though you know the, the season was longer, he played even fewer games. I, I was sort of in my mind, Embiid was a clear best rookie, so just give him the bloody award. Like we all know it. Um, so I think it should happen here. I don't think it will. Uh, I think that that game's played will you know sway people, but I think he is just the best rookie by far. Um, and I think, like you said, it's enough of a sample size for you to go that yeah, that's that's what it is. Um, the Vegas favorites has Anthony Edwards winning the award, and I think he's probably going to put up some pretty big stats in the stretch at the end of the season here. I think it's probably more likely that's going to happen, but um, not what I would pick. Yeah, agreed. He's shooting like under forty percent, I think, now for the season. It's like at thirty nine. Yeah. And um, I'd rather like, how can you give it to someone who's shooting thirty nine percent from the field when you have Lamelo who's like doing yeah. everything? Yeah, he's. I think like I remember seeing the comparison between Lamelo Ball's stats and LeBron James's stats in their rookie season, and they're they're strangely similar. Like LeBron, I think, averaged a few more points and and, and rebounds, but they're, but they're not they're not too far away. I remember being really surprised by those comparisons um obviously rookie and we're not i'm not saying one of the balls lebron james but just their statistical numbers put side by side very very similar 
uh, and, and a big reason that there's a lot of excitement over in Charlotte right now. Uh, let's move over to the last award we'll cover this week. Next week, we'll, we'll touch on some other ones, but um, we're talking about the most improved MIP. Who do, who do you have for most improved this year, Cal? My, my pick has changed a bit. It used to be Jeremy Grant yep. to begin the season because he was killing it. Okay. Um, but look, I'm going to have to say Julius Randle do, does deserve it. Uh, I'll give it to Julius Randle just because uh, I feel like what he's done and what Jeremy Grant done has been similar mm. in respect of like their you know, jump upwards and of efficiency and stats and, and whatnot. But I mean, you look at the records, the Detroit's, obviously I think they're on what 14 wins or something. Yeah. The, the, they're, the right they're, they're in a legitimate playoff position and it, they're being carried by this guy. So I, I think it's just, just based off that, just based off the winning, I'll have to go Julius Randall over Jeremy Grant. Yeah. Look, I, I like it. I, I am in agreement. I think it's between those two. Uh, I think that those are the, the, the front runners. I think Julius Randle has edged into the, the favorite on, from Vegas at the moment. Um, and I agree. I think he's the, the, the pick here. Jeremy Grant, I've, I don't know. I've never really been sold this season. I don't think he's a great player. Look, he's putting up some points efficiently. Um, and there was a bit of a period like a week or so ago where he sort of started to quieten down a little bit, but he's picked it back up again. I'm still not sold that he's a, he's a decent player, whereas I'm now sold that Julius Randle is a legitimately deserved all-star. Um, he's a player that can be, you know, your, probably not your best option, but your second or third option on a, on a championship-level team. Um, and I definitely wouldn't have said that a year, a year ago. Um, I've, I've been very impressed by his, his season so far, his playmaking, his ability to hit threes um, at, at sort of, uh, higher attempts, much higher attempts this season than, than previously. He's shooting, he's shooting over forty percent from three this year, Cal. Like that's if that doesn't scream improvement, um, you know, shot twenty seven point seven percent last year. Like that is a huge jump and, and a very important jump for a player like Julius Randle, who's not the biggest and best defender. So if he can't space the floor, um, you know, he's not going to be providing that that you know what he needs for his position. You know, and he's he's averaging six, over six assists a game, ten rebounds. Like these are these are big numbers in, in a lot of areas, as well as improving his scoring. So I think he's um, the legitimately most improved player, um, yeah, over there in New York. Who who would you compare his game to? If you're talking like, let's say, let's over exaggerate it and compare it to a legend. <laughs> if I was to over exaggerate it, geez, that's a that's a tough one. Maybe maybe like a like a three point shooting Charles Barkley. If I was to to do something like that, um, would be probably my closest comparison. Uh, I know Charles shot threes, but he didn't hit them. Um, so maybe a better three point shooting Charles Barkley, maybe less of a rebounder. But yeah, that would be my comparison off the top of my head. You, you put me on the spot there. Uh, I've got one. Probably not as big as a legend as, as Charles, but he kind of yeah. reminds me a bit of like kind of um, Lamarcus Aldridge with the the mid. His mid range is so pure. Yeah, yeah. And he's got that fader. And um, that's obviously what LaMarcus was so lethal. He did that, like, 16-footer. And then that's what Julius does. He gets to his spot and then just kind of uses body, fader, and it's just cash every time. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I like it. And um, I'm, I'm hoping you've come around to the fact that he was an all-star. I remember you didn't have him on your all-star team back when we, we made our predictions. That's true. I, um, I snuck Jimmy in there over yeah. him, and I still would. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I, I think he was a deserved all-star. All right, let's, let's switch our focus. We, we do have a fair bit to talk about. This might be a long podcast, but who cares? We're talking NBA. Uh, we're talking fantasy basketball. We're talking fantasy playoffs. Now, most teams will, or most leagues, sorry, should be going to their fantasy playoffs. I know our fantasy playoffs start next week. Um, if they're not starting next week, they're probably starting the week after. So over the coming podcast in a few weeks, we're going to be previewing some schedules, some streaming targets to help you win your playoffs. But before we get into the specific week-to-week um, sort of previews, just want to give some general advice uh, for those in head-to-head leagues coming into their playoffs, maybe it's your first time in playoffs, or maybe you're just looking for a little bit of extra sort of things to think about. Um going into your into your matchup so first of all cal i'll, I'll throw it over to you do you have just uh, some general tips or or advice going into playoffs going in the playoffs 
um, the one thing you have to do is now, I understand some people coast during the regular season. I'm yes. guilty of that as well. Yeah. But if you make the playoffs, you have to, you have to turn on, you have to use all, all of the ads that you have, all of the guys in yeah. the waiver wire. Every day you need to be on top of it, who's playing, who's not playing. Just pick up guys those extra stats. If, if you're getting a bit close in the category and you're getting close on steals, look for a guy in steals, pick him up. You have to use, in our league, it's four ads a week yeah. on, a, on a weekly uh, format. And you have to go all in and, and use everything yeah. to your advantage. Yeah, yeah. So obviously most, I think four is the standard in terms of ads. Uh, if you've got unlimited ads, you should be adding two or three players literally every day. If you do have that limit, which most leagues do, it, and we're going to get into this sooner, it's about being strategic about when you add the player so you can get the most amount of games out of them. Um, you know, looking at things like back-to-backs, looking about looking at things like how many players you have rostered and are playing in, on each day. If you've got 12 players playing on one day, there's no point adding someone because you're not going to put them on your on your starting roster. So being smart about those ads is very important. Uh, so good tip there, Cal. My, my, my next tip is... Um, as soon as you know who your opponent is, and you might know already, you might be locked in, there might be a few things to go down this weekend, but as soon as you do know who your opponent is, go back and look at their last two or three weeks. Look at their stats. Look at what they've averaged. Look at the last time you versed them and try to identify which stats are going to be the closest in your matchup. So, you know, say you're a punt blocks team, and you're going up against a strong field goal percentage team, and, and you know your field goal percentage is pretty shit. You're not going to worry about trying to stream in blocks. You know you're going to lose that category. Don't waste your time. But you know potentially your rebounds might be close, or your steals might be close. So identify those stats where you can maximize the benefit and stream ads as much as possible, because that's really going to be the difference maker. And if you can do it earlier before the, the matchup even starts those first ads are going to be much more important and, and you're not going to have to wait till the last day to sort of add two or three players at the very end because um, you're going to be able to maximize those uh, games played. Um, so do that as soon as you know your matchup. Uh, got another uh, tip for us here, Cal? Uh, I reckon that's a great one. Uh, gonna, yeah, the first thing you should do is look at your matchup and we'll just go to your history of when you versed them. Yeah. Um, uh, pretty much as you touched on. I, I think it's pretty critical. And um, as you said, the last couple of weeks... Because um, obviously teams are changing with injuries and COVID. Um, you know, my team say six weeks ago could be slightly different to how it's yeah. performing now. Yeah. Um, so definitely have a look at the most recent couple of weeks, uh, just like you, yeah, you yeah. touched on there. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think to follow on my other point, you've, you've got to stream aggressively and early. Um, I think I touched on it a bit there as well. Like some, some teams will all sort of hold a couple of, of ads or two or three ads to that last weekend and just hit the, the players at the end and try to get that last little boost. Um, my philosophy is a bit different. I, I want to use three of my ads before the, the last weekend so I can get the most out of those games played um, and then maybe keep one in, in sort of reserve for that last day or two. Um, so if, if you do find that things are close, you can add the best player possible. Uh, but I, I'm of the mindset, use them early get ahead of the opponent and um, maybe you sort of blow them out early on and, and you can you can save one for your next matchup. Um, who knows? Um, a, a, another tip would also be just to be aware of the schedule. Um, and we're going to get touching into this. So we're going to go heavy into the schedule for the first week of the playoffs. Um, but know what teams have back-to-backs. Things like back-to-backs are really important for players who are resting you know some players might be resting and another player is going to get a good boost and going to be a great sort of stream target for that day and then there might be a drop target the next day um, be on top of the news um, so know who's injured and then who gets value from that those injuries and um, another little tip for you follow us on twitter because we'll be we'll be tweeting out some uh, some content and, and let you know if there is an injury who's going to be the ad who's going to be player that benefits the most so there's, there's a big tip. Follow us on Twitter, Ball Boys NBA. Um, and yeah, uh, don't be afraid to drop injured players would be another thing. We've got a lot of injuries going on at the moment and it's the pointy end of the season. If you have someone like a Shea Gillis Alexander, look, he's a great player. Sure, he's one of your best players. But if you're in a battle for playoffs, trying to get into the playoffs or to win the playoff, you, you've got to drop a player like that because... You've got to have healthy bodies. It doesn't matter if he comes good in a week or two and, and someone else adds him. 
you know, it doesn't matter. You, you've got to win that play that week right then and there. Um, any any comments on some of those tips there, Cal? Um, yeah, look, I, I just had to drop Malik Beasley. Yep. He's out for four Go weeks. On. So there's, there's no, no point having him now. He's done. Um, bring someone else in. Hopefully you look at who's going to replace him on maybe a Kogi. Could be a quick thing just for the Minnesota if he gets minutes. But otherwise, look, there's heaps of other guys in the waiver wire. But that's something to be active about. When, when, when there's people being shut down like this, yeah. who's going who's gonna to obviously get the minutes? Pick yeah. them up. Prioritize on your IR spots the player who's going to return the soonest. Uh, not necessarily the best player. Um, you know, even someone like a LeBron James, like he's going to be out for a little while. And if, and if you're in a really tight spot, you know, a player like that is expendable because it's do or die in the playoffs. Um, so I, I wouldn't be afraid to sort of pull the trigger. I'm not saying you drop LeBron. If you can stash him on IR, please do so. But if you've got an injury list piling up and you've got a couple of players who are maybe coming back in a, in a couple of games or, or so, they're going to be a priority to keep over someone who's out for weeks. All right, let's, let's move on to the fantasy playoff preview. Now, uh, I've got a lot of these stats uh, and sort of stuff from um, Hashtag Basketball. It's a great website. Um, so if you want to look at them on a, on a screen, I might throw a graphic up here on our video as well uh, to sort of give you a visual. But we've got uh, a few things to have a look at in, in general to look at the playoffs. So next week on most um, teams, it's week 16 if you had that double um, all-star weekend week or if your week split up into two it might be week 17 but next week most playoffs will start um, and if we're looking at those things that's, that go a three week playoff there's a few things to note there that um, uh, most teams will play 12 or 11 games over the three weeks uh, a total of 27 teams will do that there are three teams however that have the fewest games and that is Detroit New York and the LA Clippers um, so I guess that means that the value of some of those players are decreased slightly. So there's not much you can do about it at this point of the season, um, you know, with your Kawhis and Paul Georges. You know, you just hold on to them. Obviously, they're your stars. But but fringe players such as, you know, uh, Sadiq Bey or... Uh, Batum. R- yeah, Batum, RJ Barrett from the New York Knicks, those sort of players... <laughs> Potentially, you want to maybe make an early move before those ads get used up. If you're looking good for this week, um, maybe try and find one of the, uh, you know, a, a fringe player from a different team that has a few more games. Um, load up your sleeves. What are, what are your thoughts about some of those, um, like those nine, sorry, those 11, uh, 10 game teams, sorry, uh, Cap, Detroit, New York Clippers? Um, yeah, look, I was a little bit sad because I got PG, so it will affect me. Yeah. Um, but you, just, you have to live with it. If, if he's a player at that level, you just have to yeah. put your money um, on, on your team, give it a crack. But otherwise, like on, on Detroit, I've got um, Mason Plumley. Yeah. I don't know, maybe I could consider even if he's not playing too well or decide if there's any news that he's going to rest some kind of game, which yeah. is possible. Maybe they do shut him down a little bit like they could with other players. I may have to get rid of him, so you just have yeah. to be very active on, on the news for those yeah. corresponding players. Yeah, and look, and if there's nothing out there, it doesn't make you mean you make a move. But if there is a hot, you know, waiver wire uh, sort of addition that you can do before the playoffs start, then those type of players, like I said, a Plumlee or, you know, Sadiq Bay, who did have a really good game today, um, are expendable. Uh, Detroit do play, so I think I think they've already played a couple games this week, and then they've still got three more games with a five-game week this week. So if you're trying to get into the playoffs, don't drop them yet. But when the playoffs start, those games do sort of dry up a little bit. Uh, uh, I'm going to highlight the Clippers especially here as well because they actually have nine playoff games um, in week seven uh, if you started week 17 the week after. So if your playoffs don't start next week but the week after, then this should be, this is by far the worst team, um, only having three games in each week. So uh, it it is a bit unlucky. Uh, For you, Cal, there is a four-game week that first week. So... Um, I think in your situation doesn't help because you got the buy because you're leading our league. Uh, but That's it. Yeah. Number one, nope. number one. So I get I get to have a nice buy yeah. week straight to the semis for me. Straight to the semis, lucky you. So you can you can get yourself all set up for that that next week and, and add in the, the players who are going to play play really well. Uh, but yeah, so those Clippers, unfortunately, they're the, the lowest games played of all the all the teams. Um, I will highlight a few teams on the positive side, the Mavericks. OKC Thunder and the Raptors, both all, all three of those teams have a five-game week in week 18. 
which is the championship week if your playoffs start next week. So that is a huge thing. Um, so on that week, you know, if you're really confident and you think you're going to make it to the championships, which I wouldn't recommend, I would take one week at a time. But if you're super duper confident, you could look to add a couple of those players. Uh, I think players like Moses Brown and uh, sort of Isaiah Roby should be added anyway. Um, should people be adding Pogoshevsky? Should they? If they're in the championship week? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about him a bit later. But I don't think he's the worst <laughs> ad in the world. I think if you if you can stomach his field goal percentage, or if you're punting that category, he's not not a bad ad. Um, I, I do love me some Poku, but I might be I may be higher than, than most people. Um, but on, on the flip side, the Raptors do have a two game week in week 17. So that that's a rough one. I know a lot of people have added Malachi Flynn this week with their five game week, myself included. But if you make it to week 17, which is not next week, the first week of the playoffs for us, but the week after, players like that, you, you, you can't have them on your team because two weeks for a borderline rosterable player, it's just not enough value. You've, you've got to move to a player that you can get four games out of. Uh, uh, I don't know, Contavious Caldwell Pope or, or something, you know, one of those guys playing four games versus a, another player playing two. It's just, it's, it's not enough value. So that's, that's a big hit. Again, players like your OG Ananobis, your Pascal Siakams, Van Vliet, you, you've just got to deal with it. But even someone like a Chris Boucher becomes expendable with, with two games, you know, because who knows, maybe they sit Boucher for you know, for half a game like he has done and then and then you're going to have, you know, one decent game and one shit game. So uh, I wouldn't hesitate in that week to, if you really need to, if you don't need his stats, you can move on to play like Chris Boucher. So just keep that in mind. Uh, and also the Detroit Pistons have a five-game week in week 19, which is the last, which is the championship week if your playoffs start in week 17. So not next week, but the week after. Uh, won't affect our playoffs, but if you're starting that week, you can um, keep an eye on those Detroit players for that last last week if you make the championship game. All right, we're going to talk about streaming. So, Cal, do you just want to give us a quick little rundown or a bit? We haven't talked much about streaming on our on our pods before, but just uh, what streaming is and what you're basically looking for when you are trying to stream for for those who are a bit new to this. So you usually just want to have a look at the forecast, really. So yeah. you, you have a look at your week. Um, you, you really want to pin down what are the really busy days. So I, I know sometimes with deeper rosters, you might have at least a full roster of um, players that certain day, which just means if you're going to pick up another player, you don't want it to clash on that particular day because it's not really going to boost you up as much as others could. Yeah. Of course, yeah. So, yeah, if you've got a full contingent of games going on, you know, there's no point adding a player. But if you've got those days where you've only got a couple players playing, adding in those, uh, having a spot dedicated for ads and just turning over that roster spot continuously is going to boost that games played uh, stat, which is which is a big thing when it comes to playoffs. So, like we said earlier in our advice video, you know, you want to add as many players as you can Go to your edition limits um, just to get the advantage. Um, so we'll go through the week for week one, or sorry, week 16. Um, so that is next week. Uh, we'll talk, touch on these a little bit more each week. So we're just going to focus on week 16 at the moment if your playoffs start next week. So Monday, we've got nine games. Tuesday, we've got six games. Wednesday, there's 12 games. So probably won't be able to stream that day. Thursday, there's a low four games. So lots of streaming available there. Friday, 11 games. Again, probably not going to be able to stream that day. And Saturday, 6 and Sunday, 8. So of that week, there's a lot of streaming opportunity, but we're looking at Wednesday and Friday most likely, depending on your roster. You you might have a spot, but for most teams, you're probably not going to have a spot on those teams. You might not have a spot on Monday where there's nine games. So it is a bit depend on your team, but in general, uh, Wednesday and Friday, you're probably not going to be able to stream um, any players in. So that's what we're going to focus on, on teams that are playing on those uh, streamable days. Uh, anything to take away from that there, Cal? Yeah, I guess it is just to not leave it too last minute on, on the last day of Sunday. Yeah. Because eight games, you might find yourself with a full team. Depends yeah, who you have, you, you obviously. Might. But you, you may find that does happen. And you have the Saturday with the six games, which yells at me for streamable. Yeah. Thursday with the four days would be the other streamable days. So on, on those couple of days, I'd be very active. Yeah, definitely. And that's what I said about going aggressive and going early. I wouldn't be leaving my additions to the last last minute. So I agree there. Uh, 
All right, so to take advantage of those, we're looking at back-to-backs. So we're going to start the week off. We've got Monday and Tuesday. There's three teams with back-to-backs on that day. And you could even make the addition before the week starts if you're looking pretty good and you're locking yourself into the playoffs, uh, which I don't mind doing, especially going into week one of the playoffs. Um, So to kick off the week, we've got the Lakers, the Phoenix Suns, and the OKC Thunder with a back-to-back Monday and Tuesday. Um, who do you like as options from those teams there, Cal, to, to stream on through? Um, you could get someone like a, a KCP yep. uh, for the Lakers. Yeah. Just uh, just for maybe some steals for threes. Um, just because that Lakers team right now is a bit... They are on the main. So he, yes. he, he should get good minutes. Um, I don't assume that he's going to be rested. No. That, that's the other thing to be considered with the back-to-backs is... There are some potential for, for resting. Yep. Um, so you want to try and stay clear of that, obviously. J- drop drop someone as soon as they... If it's obviously a fringe guy, they're going to rest him, get, get rid yep. of him. Um, from, do you have anyone from the OKC that comes to mind? I yeah, guess uh, most of that team seems to be a bit in and out. They're, they're a bit in and out, but I think there are a few few things to look at here. So um, uh, a popular guy in the last few weeks, he may not be available in your league, but he might still be there. Uh, Theo Maladon is a good assist and steal uh, streamer. I like Ty Jerome for the same sort of stats, assists and threes probably more so than steals. Um, another guy I like for, for threes and points is Spee Mikhailuk. He has come over from Detroit, uh, shoots a lot of threes. Most of his sort of shots are three-pointers uh, and can get hot and, and hit some threes. And I do want to touch on my guy, Poku, Alexei Pokushevsky. Uh, we mentioned him before. I think he's a good streamer. If you need, you know, some specific stats like threes, he can get you some blocks and some steals. Um, be aware of the the field goal percentage, obviously, but if that's not a concern to you, uh, I think he's a great streamer and has the potential to put up some big lines. Particularly if you're missing someone like a uh, Isaiah Roby or if um, you know they've got a other few injuries there at the moment. So there is some opportunity for him, and they're going to pump big minutes into him. So I think he's a good. Good streamer from from that team. Um, anyone from Phoenix, Cal? We haven't touched on Phoenix too much. Um, Phoenix, uh, who comes to mind? Cam Cam Johnson. Cam. He gets threes. Yep. He's he's a good, good threes. One. He and Jay Crowder probably probably two uh, three streamers. Um, Jay Crowder might get you a few more steals if that's a concern. Uh, I like I like Cameron Payne as a again we're looking at streaming assists steals. You know, if they maybe Chris Paul's rested, keep an eye on like those older players if they're rested on back-to-backs, or, or you know they've got an easy opponent that might might come through, or even if Paul's minutes are just lower uh, because it is a back-to-back campaign, might get a bit more of an opportunity. Uh, so I like them. You yeah, can go Dario Saric if, if he's healthy, if he's playing. Yep, um, he can be a pretty good wave wire ad sometimes. Yeah, and, and look, we're not we're not looking to set the world on fire with these ads here. We're we're just trying to get a just extra stats. Yeah, these these specific stats that you're looking for. When you you know, if you go back to our video about um, advice, you've identified that okay, this matchup I'm going to be close in threes. All right, let's add Cam Johnson. I'm going to get two games from him. I might get six or seven threes. Okay, bang, drop it, move on to the next guy. Um, you're not really caring about the other things that he gives you. He's obviously not going to give you great field percentage and turnovers and points, but He's going to give you those difference maker stats. I want to touch back onto the Lakers because I think there's a few other ones I want to talk about there in Taylor Horton Tucker. Um, he's on my team. He's, I was going to mention him yeah, as well. Yes. Um, he's yeah. definitely definitely a get. Um, he yeah. can get steals, which is pretty can be pretty valuable. Yep. And um, he does a bit of everything else. He can have the odd game where he gets like eight assists, which is um, really valuable too. Yeah. So. He might be an ad just off the bat with LeBron James out. You know, we were expecting him to sort of pop off, but he hasn't done so just yet. But he's getting there, and I think that, um, you know, with the depleted roster they've got, he's someone who can put together a few big lines. Uh, Markeith Morris has looked pretty good recently with some points, rebounds, and, and threes there. Maybe Andre Drummond coming back into the side limits him. So just maybe watch to see how that plays out. And, and Marcus Sol, um, you know, probably going to be impacted by Drummond. But if Drummond's not back by that time, uh, which he probably will be. Uh, he might give you some out-of-position assists uh, and some some blocks potentially as well. Uh, let's move on to the Tuesday-Thursday. Now, this is obviously not a back-to-back, but as we highlighted before, Wednesday, you've got the 12 games. So this is um, as Josh Lloyd from the uh, Locked On Fantasy Basketball uh, podcast would call it a pseudo back-to-back. So... You know, something, something, a play you can add on Tuesday, let them sit there Wednesday on your bench, and then they play again on Thursday. So 
three teams there. We've got the Atlanta Hawks, the Boston Celtics, and again, the Los Angeles Lakers. So if you're really smart and you really like to play from the Lakers, you could add a Laker player like we talked about and get three games for one ad um, in the early part of, of the week. So um, your Lakers players are looking like a pretty good addition to start uh, the week in the playoffs. Um, you might even want to add a couple. You know, there's a couple of three streamers that, that we identified there. Um, but talk to me, Cal, about some, some Boston Celtics players that you could stream. There's, there's probably not too many options there at the moment. Their fantasy stats are not too good right now, but there, there is a couple of low-end options uh, that I can think of. Who, um, who do you like? You can get uh, Peyton Pritchard is, is worth picking up. Um, and even Tristan Thompson, if he comes yeah. back and plays some minutes. But, I mean, they're not going to scream at you. Um, there'll be a bit of something, but... Uh, but that, look, that, that's all you really need. I, I don't see Marcus Smart being available. Maybe he is after he had a pretty long injury. He's obviously always worth yeah. rostering anyway. Um, maybe even, I don't know, is Wagner going to get some time? You could uh, keep an eye on that. Um, I, you don't think he will? No, I don't think he will. I think I think I, I wouldn't bother with Wagner. I think Tristan Thompson, when he comes back, uh, Luke Cornett and Wagner will be out of rotation, basically. Takafu will be out of rotation. I think it'll be... Williams and, and Thompson. So I like I like Thompson as obviously a rebound field goal percentage guy. Uh, big man stats. Pritchard, yeah, he, he's okay for some steals if you're really desperate. Um, the other guy I wanted to highlight, he, he probably is owned, but he is sort of not owned in every league, and that's Evan Fournier. Uh, uh, he's currently in COVID protocols at the moment, so potentially he, he could have been dropped due to that. But rostered in 70% of leagues, if you're in a shallow, shallow league, he, he might be available he can give you obviously those points threes, a trickle of assists here and there, but but definitely yeah, more that points and three streamer in Boston now. Uh, let's talk about who was the other team? Uh, the Hawks. Yeah, the Atlanta Hawks. Who who have you got over in Atlanta? I, I'm seeing a lot of three streamers from this team here. Yeah, there's a lot of because it's such a deep team. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a lot of guys who still get a fair amount of minutes. So yeah. Danilo Gallinari, if yep. he hasn't been picked up already, he has been playing really well the past month. Um, so he, he's, he's definitely worth an ad, especially on, on that period if he's available. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich as well. Um, he's been coming back. He's had a couple pretty good games. So if he's on your way for why he's worth picking up. Um, you could even go to Kevin um, Schroeder, who could be available. I don't know um, what his percentage is in leagues, but he's, he's actually only he's only at fifty one percent owned, which I was very surprised about when I was researching for this podcast. Uh, I thought he was earned in much more leagues. He's been really good recently. Um, so yeah, I definitely think that Huerta is a good ad. Uh, yeah, definitely. Maybe even just as a as a keeper for now. But yeah, definitely as a, a point in three streamer, um, especially while DeAndre Hunter is still on the shelves, and he probably will be eased back into the lineup uh, when when he comes back next week. And then we have, we actually have the rookie who's finally finally healthy, playing some minutes off the bench. He's you can put up twenty minutes a night, um, and he could get you some blocks. So he's a bit of a block streamer, maybe some rebounds and. On Yeka Akongwu. Yep. Um, he is playing now. So keep your eye on him, especially if you need some blocks during that um, during that um, matchup. Yeah. Similar to a uh, sorry, Tristan Thompson sort of streamer. Blocks, field goal percentage, uh, maybe not quite as many rebounds, but he will still help you in those other categories as well, which are often sort of paired together there. So um, if you need one, generally you sort of need the others as well. Let's move on to the next uh, back-to-back or pseudo back-to-back Thursday, Saturday. A couple of the same teams. Again, we've got the bloody Lakers. So they're on uh, a lot of the low-volume days. So this highlights to me that the Lakers are excellent ads to start the week if you can do so, if you've got a couple of spots that you can stream through. Um, So I'm sure everyone in our league will be adding Lakers soon, or maybe you will, Cal. Uh, You don't have to worry about this week anyway, so maybe I will be. Um, the, the Lakers are there again the Boston Celtics again uh, but a couple of new teams the Cleveland Cavs the Golden State Warriors and the Milwaukee Bucks so not the best teams in terms of um, streaming I'll start with the Cleveland Cavs if Larry Nance Jr. is not owned on your team I would be grabbing him anyway um, he looks to be back fairly soon um, but excellent source of rebounds and steals um, I want to get your thoughts on Kevin Love as, as a streamer. I know we're not the biggest fans of Kevin Love, but if it's just for a couple of games, um, do you like him as a bit of a streamer for threes and rebounds? Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's worth a streaming ad. Like he, um, the past few games, he's put up about 25 minutes a game, and he had a 10 and 10 
three assists, which is pretty pretty reasonable. He had a couple threes. So he, if you can maintain the minutes, uh, the only thing with him, I wouldn't be surprised if there could be a last-minute pull. So there is that bit of a gamble. Yeah. Um, there could be some game-time decisions for him just because there's no... I think right now, I think uh, Cleveland are pretty much out of the playoffs, so they could go into a bit of a full tank. So you, you never really know. I, I think... There are some options that are a bit more likely in terms of um. What about a Chetty Osman or a Torian Prince? They they both been Torian Prince has actually been playing pretty well. Yeah, I, I like I like Prince. I'm I'm worried about how he's going to be affected when Larry Nance gets back. So uh, for me, I like a lot of those Atlanta guys a bit better than than someone like him. He's obviously a points and three streamer as well. So I'd be leaning a bit more towards those guys. But if Larry Nance is still out next week, uh, he's a good option. Um. I also uh, not too much, not too sold on Chidi Osman. I just don't think that there's a, I don't know, a particular skill that he does that I can rely on each game, uh, even when he does get the minutes. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a gamble because um, I feel like most times he he doesn't perform, but yeah. sometimes he has a good game. Yeah, if you get really lucky, I, I wouldn't want to be <laughs> want to be risking it. <laughs> I, I want to highlight one more guy for the Cleveland Cavs, and that is um, Isaiah Hardenstein. Uh, who has uh, a bit of potential when it comes to rebounds, blocks, field goal percentage, and and some decent points. Um, This is on the assumption that Jarrett Allen is out, um, or potentially even if Jarrett Allen's coming back in and they're they're monitoring his limits, potentially they're resting him on a back-to-back and a tanking effort. Um, So he is someone who's got some per-minute value, um, and, and I think he is a good streaming option for those stats, rebounds and blocks. Uh, let's talk about Golden State. Now, again, probably not too many options here. The only two really that I, I can consistently count on is James Wiseman and Kent Bazemore. Now, Wiseman, is he's not been good this season, but his minutes are slowly increasing, uh, and he can get you some rebounds and some blocks. Um, he is rostered, I think, in about 60% of leagues, so he, he might be available, may not be. And Kent Bazemore, just for some steals. He is uh, pretty good at getting some steals and has been playing some decent minutes uh, recently. So um, someone, if you do need those steals, which can be hard to find, he's had six over the last three games. So um, someone you could you could get in uh, and potentially get a couple of steals for, for a couple of games. And, and also maybe a bit of um, threes and some sneaky assists yeah. as well. And um, Jordan Poole, he, he actually probably is worth a, a yeah. shout-out because... He's putting almost two three pointers a game, yeah. and um, you, you look at his most recently played. He's he had he's had a couple of games of assists where he gets up to about six assists. So you could pull the trigger on that too. Yeah, I like I like Jordan Poole. Obviously, his his stats have been boosted recently by Steph Curry missing some time. So uh, I would keep that in mind um, if Steph does miss, and he has been missing some random games here and there. Uh, he's an excellent streamer. Um, but when Steph's back in the lineup, I would be tempering expectations. He might be a, a pure a three streamer only. But yeah, if uh, but and also just be aware of the field goal percentage. He is pretty awful in that category. All right, let's move on to the last back to back. Oh, and just to highlight on Saturday and Sunday, the weekend games, there are no teams that have a back to back on Saturday and Sunday. So keep that in mind um, to maximize our teams. Like you said. You may have a full roster on that Sunday, so we're trying to use up these ads sooner rather than later, but it may just be that ad. Grab a player on those last playing games, see what stats are close, and sort of uh, just get the best player you can. So uh, not going to talk about specific teams for those days. Uh, I will just touch on real quickly, there is a Sunday, a couple teams with some Sunday-Monday back-to-back. So if you're crushing your league, you're pumping your, your, your uh, opponent and you're going to move on to the next round, or if you're in a situation like UCAL where you know, you, you've got that week off, you've got that bye, these are a couple teams that have those back-to-backs um, leading into the next week. And that is Houston, Indiana, Miami, and OKC. We've touched on OKC a little bit. Um, do you have anyone from uh, Houston or Indiana or Miami to, to talk about? Um, do you have someone? You go first. Oh, I'll go first. I've got one up. <laughs> I'll get yours in a sec. Um, so yeah, just from Milwaukee, I like uh, Dante DiVincenzo. Probably uh, should be rostered anyway, but if he's not, threes and steals, elite streamer there. Uh, and Bobby Portis is a big one as well. So Bobby Portis, we know if he gets the junk time minutes, can go off and and put up some big stats in points, rebounds, field goal percentage, and throw in some threes as well. Uh, maybe a trickle of blocks in. So. 
if I haven't looked at who they're actually playing, but if they have a soft matchup, or the Bucks can beat any team uh, convincingly on their day. So he is a good streamer just to to have a swing on that first day in, in your sort of week two matchup. Uh, uh, I've got one from um, from Houston. You could yep. you could say um, Kenyon Martin Jr. Yep, he's um, KJ Martin. He can be pretty good for blocks potentially, and he's had a bit of a boost in minutes recently. Um, yep. Even with Christian Wood getting reasonable minutes, so he's he's worth um, potentially a, an add if you need some blocks. Yep. Um, one from Indiana as well with Miles Turner potentially going down injured recently. Not exactly how long for, but um, keep an eye on Goga Badatse, who is a young big man. He is an elite block streamer, and if he gets the minutes, he's going to put up several blocks and could potentially be a bit of a difference maker if... Uh, Miles Turner is out. If Miles Turner's healthy, probably not going to get the minutes to impact that category. But if he's out, definitely someone who I would keep an eye on. Um, and when we get more news about that injury as it comes out, um, one that I, I would definitely look at closely. All right, Cal, that might do us. Any any last sort of points in terms of uh, fantasy playoffs moving forward? Um, oh, look, maybe I'll throw a couple more Miami boys out there. Yeah. Tyler Hero's there. Yeah. Um, he, he's worth a look at. And um, maybe even... Trevor Rees has been starting some games. Yes, he and has. Be Elitza, potentially, um, if there's a bit of an opening, he could be... Right now, I wouldn't add him, but um, things could change if there's some reason he gets a, a bit of a minutes boost. Yeah, lots lots of threes and, and steals from those guys there that you mentioned. So uh, they seem to be the most really available stats to stream, which is why I tend to place a bit of less importance on threes at the start of the season. So um, that'll do it for us today. Uh, if you're watching along on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel like the video, let us know how you go in your, your fantasy playoffs, let us know where you finish in your standings. We hope you, we've helped you throughout the regular season, but this is where the fun stuff starts. Uh, and, and good luck to everyone out there in their, in their fantasy matchups. We wish you all the best, and um, we'll catch you guys next time. See you later. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.